This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of christylittlejones.com, episode number 136. Being married for 19 years this year, Adrian and I have weathered the ups and downs of intimacy and emotional connection in marriage. In today's episode, I'm sharing suggestions for ways to reconnect in your marriage and get back to your happy place. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Now, I am all for a wonderful fairy tale. And to be honest, before I got married, I really thought that marriage would be like what I saw in the movies. <laughs> but when I got married after the honeymoon period was over, I realized that marriage was not like it was in the movies. As we know, marriage is the union of two people with two separate and often very different experiences, perceptions, perspectives, values, and morals coming together as one. Hmm. Not always an easy feat, right? As a marriage and family champion, I really do believe that you can have an amazing marriage even after it hasn't been so amazing, even for some time. It's often easy to become two ships passing in the night because each of you has your own separate responsibilities with work, the kids, friends, hobbies, entrepreneurship, business, etc., which can put caring for you and your marriage on the back burner, especially if there's something new that's been introduced to your family, like a baby, a new puppy, and maybe you're caring for an elderly parent in your home. All of these things can totally change the routine of interacting in your marriage. So Adrian and I have gone through many iterations of this cycle of feeling super close and in love and connected intimately and emotionally. And then life happens and then you feel distant and very far apart. So today I want to share some of the things that we have done that have worked really well to help us to reconnect and re-engage intimately, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. In fact, just a few days before recording this episode, my husband and I 
spent some time, really, really good quality time together. And it was so needed. And it was just what both of us needed to really reconnect. And we did something that we both love. And that is we were reminiscing on music at a, at a concert that we really liked. And, and we were dancing in the living room on our carpet. And our kids were looking at us like, um, I think only old people do that. <laughs> but we had a great time because, you know, nowadays you really don't get to dance. So you've got to create your own dance floor right in your living room. So it was awesome. So let me just share with you these things that has helped us to really overcome these moments, periods, seasons of life in our marriage where you feel really far apart and completely distant and disconnected. So number one, the obvious one, initiate sex. Yes, ladies, you need to initiate sex. Many of you listening may already not have a problem with this. So I'm not necessarily addressing this to you, but those of you who are kind of always waiting for your husbands to initiate sex and intimacy, now is the time to flip the script on them. You take the initiative and initiate intimacy. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a house full of kids, then you can initiate anytime and anywhere, if you know what I mean. And if he doesn't reciprocate with complete zeal and enthusiasm, then there may be another issue at hand. So if he's not responding like you'd hope, then I need you to DM me because there may be something else going on. And we can figure that out. Ladies, I also want to give you a challenge. This is something that I remember giving a challenge to a group of women that I was walking with. And we were all fairly new to parenthood, motherhood. And about 10, 12 years ago, I had given them a challenge. And that was over the next four weeks, I wanted you to initiate, I want you to initiate sex four times during that week to help reconnect with your husbands emotionally. And as you can only imagine, it worked really, really well. (laughs) Almost too well because we had several babies come from this challenge as a result. So ladies, I want to give you the same challenge. I'm going to change it a little bit, but I want you to initiate sex three times with your spouse over the next seven to 10 days. Honey, you talk about a reset in your marriage. (laughs) Your husband will be a brand new man singing around the house, smiling and initiating, helping you (laughs) exactly what we want. Right. And so be well be forewarned that if you do not want to get pregnant then be sure to take the proper precautions <laughs> number 2 dare to dream again 
When is the last time you both dreamed together about your future? This is an awesome exercise because it helps you to hear and see into what's most important with your spouse, especially during that season, because believe it or not, sometimes it changes. So start with 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and you can do this in the car while you're cooking dinner or even whenever you think about it. So I've always asked Adrian a question. So you would want to ask your husband a question, something like, if we won $10 million, what would you do with the money? Or if you could create your perfect life, your ideal life in three years, what would it look like? It's so cool to just see them light up and get excited. Same thing with you, right? So you want to just close your eyes together, visualize the details of what your life will look like together in three months, six months, a year, three years, 10 years, right? Just pick pick a, just a time. And then visualizing your dreams together can help keep you motivated that for you both to be dreaming the same dream. And one of the things that I've learned or we've learned is that this is an awesome exercise to do in front of your kids too, because not only do they get to hear and listen and see what's important to you and your husband, but you guys get to model what dreaming looks like to them. It's awesome. So this practice has become a default for me and Adrian because our seasons are constantly changing, especially as parents. Number three. Focus on your friendship. If you happen to be married to your very best friend, that is an incredible bonus because that is not my story. Early on in our marriage, Adrian, he was an awesome provider, but just he really just wasn't my best friend. Maybe it had something to do with his comment early on in our marriage when I was sharing something that I was pretty emotional about. And he was like, hmm, I think you may need to talk to your girlfriends about that. (laughs) Yeah, that right there was not the best answer, right? He, He just didn't feel comfortable with all of the emotionalism that I was going through, especially being pregnant, newly married, and then pregnant again, and always pregnant. And And so the reason that I say he wasn't necessarily my best friend is because he wasn't the first person that I thought of when I wanted to share something really exciting, some exciting news that had just happened or something that I had just found that excited me because one, he just didn't get as excited as like my rider dies. Like he, he was like, oh, that's nice. And you know, when you're really excited about something and the person you share it with is kind of just flat. You're just like, boo, like, why do you have to be a wet blanket? So, (laughs) so we really had to work at our friendship for years. And I, one of the things that we did is I had to share with him my expectations because my family, we get excited about a lot. It didn't, it doesn't take much for, for my mom, dad, sister, brother to get excited about something or even excited for one of one another. That's just kind of the the energy that we grew up, just very excited excitable. And Adrian wasn't like that at all. And so I had to 
learned that I had to share with him my expectations and he would share his with me. And of course, there was a learning curve for sure. But over the years, it has gotten so much better, so much better. And he had to learn to start. It had to learn by asking questions, right? about the things that were really important to me. So just the emotional connection or even just the connection that you have with friendship where you're on the same page, you're thinking about the same things, you're laughing about the same things, you know, you're finishing each other's sentences. Like we didn't have that very early on. And so we had to study each other and we had to learn one another by asking more questions about things that we knew were really important to the other person versus waiting for them to share it with me. So this made a huge difference in my, just my connection with him and the depth of emotional connection that we had because he wasn't always asking questions about things that were important to me, honestly, because he really probably didn't care. And when I brought it to his attention that he wasn't asking clarifying questions or even questions to find out more, he realized it and then started really disciplining himself to ask more questions. The same with me. So my husband loves golf. If you are already part of my tribe, you know that he loves golf more than eating. And um, also when we first when we first started dating and we first got married, he was really into cars. Like this dude would spend like 10 hours washing his car on a Saturday. It was the most frustrating thing. And I was like, really? Like what is going on? Like he's just washing it and wiping it and waxing every little corner and the inside. And it was beautiful, but we don't need to do this every Saturday. Like we can't have this taking every Saturday when we were dating. And it was really funny, but he would go to car shows and he owned a, you know, aftermarket business for cars. And he would have, have magazines sent to the house just on wheels alone. I was like, wow, they have a magazine just on wheels. (laughs) We would be talking about something really serious and important driving down the highway. And he would totally be distracted and see a car coming on the opposite side of the of the highway and say oh oh, look at look 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 at this look at this look at this and I would be looking at him like I need to punch you in your neck right now because I was sharing something I might have even been crying at the time and he's talking about a car on the opposite side like why are you paying attention to that and not me right (laughs) so yes so we've been through a lot of the up and down and the the, the learning curve of really learning how to focus on our friendship. And then we have number four. It's really important for you to reset respect and relearn love. This is a big one. So outside of allowing our everyday routine to take over and really create the distance that's often in marriage, the lack of love and respect are very, very common culprits as well. So God commands husbands to go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. 
That's in Ephesians 5.25 in the message version. Then he commands the wife to see that she respects her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him and loves and admires him exceedingly. That's in Ephesians 5.33, the Amplified Version. Huge, right? So it says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands, right? So the lack of love and respect can be very, very serious offenders in marriage. If they are not properly defined, because there's so many, there's too many different personal definitions of what these words mean and how they show up in your marriage because love and and respect do not mean the same thing to every single husband and wife in the world. So ladies, things that I've said in the past were things like this, babe, I just want to learn to respect you better. And as we know from past experience, I know we have different definitions. So what are three things that you need from me to feel respected? And the very beginning, early stages of our marriage, one of the things that I did, we were leaving the, the house, my dad's house out in California, and, and it was a strange lock on the door. And so I came out first, and then Adrian came out. He was at the door kind of fiddling around a little longer than I thought he should be. And so when he came in the car, I was like, did you get everything? Did, were you able to close it? He said, yes, Right. And so I guess that wasn't good enough for me. So I got out of the car and went to go check it. Mm -mm. That was my first lesson in recognizing and understanding what respect does not look like for Adrian. He was hot. He was so mad that I got out of the car and checked behind him that I didn't take him for his word. And so I learned that that was very important and that was a definition for him. Now, I didn't think it was a big deal, right? Or else I wouldn't have done it, but it was to him and that's what matters. So when you are finding out what your husband's definition of respect looks like to him, it's really important that you honor him in his definition, not yours. Because oftentimes we think we're not doing something to disrespect our husbands because you know, innately, we're not trying to do that, but they feel very disrespected when we do certain things. So it's really important to align that and know what that is. So, and then on the flip side, I would share with him three things that I needed from him to feel loved. And this is where he had to learn that asking questions about things that are important to me, make me feel emotionally connected to you. And like you care about what's going on in my life or things that are important to me. So he didn't, he's like, of course I care, but you know, not really. He really didn't. He just, he's like, okay, I know you're good. I know you're, you know, if I can support you in any way, even financially, he felt like he felt like that was enough, but it wasn't. I needed him to engage in conversation and ask me questions that allowed me to share and talk more about things that were important to me. And it's always a good idea to just check in with your spouse to see how each other, you guys are either loving or respecting each other according to each other's definition, because we can tell, right? You can tell when 
you've disrespected your your spouse because usually they will either blow up, right? Or withdraw and shut down. And then you feel the distance and the division pretty, pretty um, significantly. So check in, you know, if you've been married a long time, we've been married 19 years this year, you know, sometimes I can say, babe, how am I doing with respecting you? And he'll say, you're doing great. Or, you know what, I really felt respected when you said this, or you did that, or you're not doing so great. And then that's how you can really check in because this is like one of those frontline things, ladies, that you've got to get it down. You've got to understand, you've got to know what respect looks like to your husband. Because when you respect your husband, you are not only really edifying him and elevating and uplifting him because he feels respected by you, but it really just um, solidifies the, the, the strength in your marriage. And so now this should not be one-sided. This should not be you do all the respecting, um, you respect him, but then he's not loving you in the way you need to be loved. This is equally just as important that he needs to know what love looks like to you, not to him, not Oh, you know what? I don't need, I don't need to tell you that I love you because he doesn't need to hear it. Right. But if you need to hear that he loves you, if you need to hear compliments, if you need to feel like if you want flowers every week, right, whatever, whatever your definition is, is important because it's your definition. So if that's not his definition, it really doesn't matter because he has to learn. He needs to learn, learn, he should learn what love looks like to you. And that should become very, very important to him. Then lastly, number five, establish a weekly date night. We will always say that date night saved our marriage because let's be real. Having three babies in three years, I was totally treading water. I was not thinking about Adrian and his needs for emotional or intimate connection, sex, none of that. I was trying to make it through the day. So when we established a weekly date night, really while we were having three babies in three years. So after Sky, after Blaze, after Hayes, it was everything our marriage needed because it was something that we both looked forward to. So we had a weekly and it was the same day every week. Sometimes it would need to change because if Adrian had to work or we couldn't find a babysitter or whatever. But in the very early stages, we would take the baby with us, especially when I was nursing. And then when they got older, we invested in whether it was childcare swapping with other other couples and their children to give them a date night as well, or we would have a babysitter But it was huge because now almost 20 years later, we could both say that it was 100% worth it and date nights totally saved our marriage. Because even when we were fighting or didn't like each other very much for whatever reason, we still went on our date night. We were committed to going on our date night. And many times that helped us get over whatever offenses we were tripping over. Really, sometimes we would just even forget. And we, by the end of the night, whether it was watching a movie or going to dinner, like if we were fighting or, you know, not really feeling each other, usually we'd go to a movie and then we'd escape in the movie. We'd 
be laughing. And then, you know, towards the middle end of the movie, you know, he is, he would grab my hand saying, you know, I love you. It's going to be okay. And, you know, and then sometimes we would talk about it afterwards, what, what, what was wrong. And sometimes it just wasn't worth it. And we just, it was a great way to continue to just reset our, our connection. And so it also, one of the things that was really cool is that it even helped model to our kids what making each other a priority looks like. And of course, in the beginning, our kids were not happy, but over time, they really would start asking us, oh, when is your date night? And so ever since they were babies, infants, we were going on date nights. So you know, they, we had to go through the separation anxiety and all of that. But then when they saw that it was very consistent, it was a routine, they two, three, they started to know, okay, bye mommy, bye daddy. Like they, they were okay with it. And so now we know that modeling that for them is something that they most likely will do when they get married, which is really cool. So date nights can be a total game changer for your marriage. And you don't have to go out all the time to spend money. It's about being intentional and making each other the priority. And so if it's been a while since you've been on a date, even during this pandemic, when yes, we are all spending so much time together, do it, make it happen, make a specific time. Like if it's Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday, Saturday, whatever, that that's your date night. That's your special night where you guys go out, you can, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. It's really important to, to make each other a priority and allow if you have children for them to see that. So these are the five things that Adrian and I do regularly that help us to stay better connected and really stay in our happy place. And so our happy place is, is something that a phrase that we've used for our, the duration of our marriage where we may have drifted or we may have become distant or um, just really disconnected. And I would go to him and say, you know, what do we have to do to go to get back to our happy place? So our happy place is when is really when everything is flowing in the right direction. Everything is is easy. You guys are on one the same page. There's a oneness there. And so it's so worth the effort to really know what things you can do that really reset and help you reconnect because it's so worth the effort. Because if you've been married for any length of time, you know how it ebbs and flows. You know how there are times where you're like, mm, mm, I do not like him. Like, please don't touch me. <laughs> Right. Like we used to do when we were dating. Don't touch me. Right. When you're mad. But it's but it really is so important to press into each other, especially when you're angry or you're mad or there's a distance or a disconnection there. Press into each other. If you guys can to, can mutually do that or mutually agree to do that, it's going to make a huge difference. In fact, I'm going to make it really easy for you to apply these tips and even a few more in your own relationships. So I have created a quick seven day challenge for you and your spouse to help get you guys back on track. It's called seven steps to reviving a marriage that rocks. To join this free challenge, go to bit.ly 
bit.ly forward slash my marriage rocks 2021. The link is in the show notes. You will receive an email from me for the next seven days with one exercise for you and your spouse to do together. We all want a marriage that rocks, right? Right. Ladies, just so you know, you are the glue in your marriage. So please do the work and make the effort because it is so worth it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, and made you feel like you were not alone. So thank you for joining me. If we are not connected on social media, please come on over and say hello. DM me on Instagram at wife.wisdom. I'm always looking to give you the best content that supports you and serves you. So please send me your ideas for topics for podcasts, as well as let me know how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you or how it has supported you and brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of these testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. Lastly, would you please do me a huge favor and rate and review my podcast if you have not already. It really helps the podcast to be seen and found on all of the platforms. So in order to rate and review, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, please go down, scroll down to the very first episode. It will say, write a review. So you click on the number of stars and you write your review right there. Unfortunately, if you have an Android, there isn't an easy way for you to rate and review the podcast at this time, but I would still love, love, love to hear from you over on Instagram. Rating and reviewing helps get the word out about the podcast to other women who are also looking for wife wisdom. So please continue to share with your family, your friends, and of course, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next time. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.